0: As we prepare our hearts, as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, uh, if you have your Bible, would you please take it up and uh, turn to Psalm 27? I'd like to turn your attention to Psalm 27. We're going to look at just one verse of Scripture, just one verse. How many of you agree with me? That's bite-size. All righty. So uh, there is the psalm, it's a beautiful psalm of David, Psalm 27, and David would write out of his real life experiences with God, one thing I've always appreciated about David is he was real in his walk with God. David didn't act super spiritual or something like that, David was just real. And so here it is, Psalm 27 verse 4, reading from the New King James Version, David says, he says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. This was his focus. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty Of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Church, isn't that beautiful? I believe that we should read scripture and we should marvel (laughs) at the beauty, at the wonder. Praise God for scripture, amen? And essentially, this verse is all about the presence of God. Would you say the presence of God? It's about the presence of God. I'd like to read it again, slowly. Let it sink in. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Isn't he beautiful? to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I'd like to just read it in one more uh, version, one more translation. That's the Amplified Classic. And it says, One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek, inquire for, and insistently require. Require that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, and then in brackets it says, in his presence. That's what it's all about. David's saying, I'm wanting the house of the Lord. He's saying, I want the presence of God. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in, the, in his presence, all the days of my life, to behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness, and delightful loveliness of the Lord, and to meditate and consider and inquire in his temple. There's no doubt David was somebody, his heart was after God. That's why he was the one that said, no, the Ark of the Covenant cannot stay in the place of the Philistines. We have to go get that Ark, and it has to be brought back to Jerusalem. The Ark must be with the people of God. What are we saying? The presence of God has to be with the people of God. And when you are gathered with the people of God and the presence of God is not there, something is seriously missing. And it is not okay. It's not okay for hundreds of people to come together in a church, thousands to come together in a church, and the presence of God is not there. It's not okay. For David, it was not okay. He said, I have to bring the presence of God back. It's not okay to live your life without the presence of God. It's simply not okay. Because you were designed for fellowship with God. Way back in the Garden of Eden, you were designed for that. You were made for fellowship with God. A question I wanna ask you is, what is that one thing that you are focused on? Think about that for a moment. What is that one thing that you are focused on? In other words, what is the primary focus of your heart at this point in time? Is your primary focus of your heart that you're wanting just to climb the corporate ladder, you're just wanting to get that promotion, you're just wanting to work hard and you're sacrificing everything, including your relationship with the Lord in the process? Is the one thing that is on your heart the pursuit of materialism, and all of us, all of all through it all, your soul is suffering. Your soul is dry, dry, dry. What is that one thing that you are focused on? You see, David emphasizes this phrase, he says one thing, those two words, one thing. Please say that with me. One thing. Say it a little bit louder. One thing. And so David emphasizes this phrase, one thing. It is a very clarifying phrase, isn't it? It's a very refining phrase. It's a very focusing phrase. Maybe it's a focusing phrase that you and I need to hear today. You see, here's the reality. There are so many things in this world that are competing for your attention. You know it. Fighting all the time, trying to say, focus on me, look at me, spend time on me. There are things that are driving for your attention. But you know, in David's time, it was the same thing. There were many things competing for his attention, but David was after that one thing, namely the presence of the Lord. It's kind of like this. David just wanted to be with God. And that is a wonderful desire. Our prayer and our desire should be, Jesus, I just wanna be with you. I just wanna be with you. I want to walk with you. I like that phrase that Enoch walked with God. God, I just want to walk with you in my daily life. I want to know the reality. Now, it's understandable that at times we could lose focus and be distracted by different things. But you know what? Right now, in this time together, God is giving you an opportunity to realign your heart to focus on the Lord, your God, to focus on his presence. If you've been distracted, don't let the enemy beat you up about that. You just say, "Get behind me, Satan! I'm setting my heart on God." Thank you, Lord. I've set the Lord before me; therefore, I shall not be moved. Thank you, Lord. I'm setting my heart on you. And you know what? The presence of God is the most important aspect of our lives. I want to say that again. It bears repeating: the presence of God is the most important aspect of our lives. The presence of God is the heart of the matter. It's the essence of our walk with God, his presence. The presence of God is the crux of things. The presence of God is the core of things. The presence of God is the marrow of things. and we have to focus on what is truly, truly important. You know, throughout God's word, we see over and over the emphasis of the presence of God and how important it is. If you study right through the Bible, it will become apparent to you that God's presence is hugely important. And the presence of God has many benefits. Praise God. We're not directly seeking after the benefits. We're seeking after the benefactor, if I can put it that way. But there's many benefits that come. And praise God for that. There's nothing wrong with seeking the gifts and the giver. But we seek the giver first. And in terms of the presence of God, it is in God's presence that we find hope and strength. Earlier on in the psalm, It says, in verse one, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Essentially, it's saying this, that the presence of God results in strength in my life. The presence of God results in hope in my life. Also, the presence of God is what helps us to see our enemies defeated right in front of us, the presence of God. I think of how the worshipers went ahead of the army, Uh, Jehoshaphat's army, they went ahead and they worshiped and the presence of God brought about the victory in that situation. But the presence of God is what will cause the enemy to be defeated because also this is emphasized in Psalm 27 in verse two and three. It says, David says, when the enemy came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. I believe that more of us need to be believing that our enemies are going to stumble and fall. Come on. It says, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident." When David is saying, in this I will be confident, he's talking about the God factor. He's talking about the presence of God. And he's saying, in God and in his presence, I will be confident and that will give me victory over my enemies. Because it is the presence of God that makes all the difference. As I'm drawing to a close in in this message, preparing our hearts for communion, I do wanna say this, turn your attention to the beauty and loveliness of his presence. Can I encourage you to do that this morning? In your heart of hearts, you don't even need to let anybody know around you, but in your own heart right now, I wanna encourage you, turn your attention to the beauty and the loveliness of his presence. He is altogether lovely, altogether beautiful. And in verse four, in the Amplified Classic, David says, talking about the presence of God, why do I desire it? To behold and gaze upon the beauty. May I remind you, God is beautiful. Beyond description. To behold and gaze upon the beauty, and then it explains that, the sweet attractiveness and delightful loveliness of the Lord. Now, you know what? In the Old Testament, the presence of God was mostly limited to the temple. And that's why David said, I wanna go to the house of the Lord and the beauty of the temple and inquire of him and so on. David wanted to go there because primarily that's where the presence of God was. He wanted to be there. He wanted just to sense the glory and grace of God. He wanted to uh, cast his eyes on the loveliness of God. But you know what, thankfully, God's presence is no longer confined to the temple. Praise God for that. His presence now lives in every blood-washed believer, and you and I can experience the presence of God at any time. Praise God. And you know what, the proof of that is that when... The day of Pentecost took place, you know what happened? That flame of the presence of God, which was on top of the Ark of the Covenant, was removed from there, and it was placed upon the heads of the people in the upper room. It was showing that no longer is God's presence gonna be confined to the temple, but it will be the experience of every blood-washed child of God. But let me say this, you have to become aware of the presence. Positionally, his presence is located within you. But experientially, you have to become aware. You have to draw near. You have to turn your attention to the Lord. You have to turn your eyes onto the Lord. And that's how his presence becomes more real. A time together of worship like this, what's happening? You're turning your attention to the Lord. His presence is becoming more real. But I want to say to you, it is so crucial that we need to become aware of his presence. And the same verse in the Passion Translation, just to give one more perspective on it, it says, here's the one thing, David's saying, the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else, I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. And that reminds me of a song from years ago. The song is, Oh Lord, You Beautiful. How many of you know that song? Oh Lord, you beautiful. Your face is all I seek. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. Oh Lord, your beauty, your face is. All To gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness, and delightful loveliness of the Lord. Oh, Lord, you are beautiful. And so just as David desired the presence of God, we should desire to be with God as much as possible. And there are many benefits that flow out of that. Joy rises in your life. Peace rises in your life. A sense of beauty rises in your life, restoration rises in your life, and it all flows from the person of Jesus Christ. So turn your attention to the beauty and loveliness of his presence. May I lead you just in a brief prayer? This is a prayer that is just about desiring God's presence. Can we close our eyes for a moment and I'd like to lead you aloud just phrase by phrase in this prayer. If you just desire God's presence more today, pray this after me out aloud. Lord Jesus, Jesus. I want you to be the focus of my life. life. Make your presence known to me. Draw me close to you. so that I can know you you more deeply. deeply. I wanna seek you you. all the days of my life, life. in Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. Just that phrase, all the days of my life, and David also said, all the days of my life. You know what is really wonderful? Is maybe a person gets saved at 16 years of age and all the years of their life they seek after the Lord. You don't need to go through a drought season. God's presence is manifest to us and there need be no time of drought. The times of drought are in the past. We are living in the dispensation where God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh And I wanna say to you, you might be here today and you, in your early 50s, and you realize, well, you were seeking God 10 years ago, but I wanna challenge you with these words, all the days of my life, all the days of my life that I will seek the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise, amen. Now, the reason why we can enjoy the presence of God is because Jesus made a way through his precious blood. We're gonna partake in communion now. Would you uh, so long just get the bread ready and just wait for my cue, we will partake together. I trust you have the bread and the cup. This table is only open to people who know and love Jesus Christ. If you haven't given your life to the Lord, you should not partake in communion. You will, in fact, drink judgment upon yourself. But if you know and love Jesus, this table is for you. Before we partake, just to read to you from Matthew 26 in the Living Bible. It says here, as they were eating, Jesus took a small loaf of bread and blessed it and broke it apart and gave it to his disciples and said, take it and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it and gave it to them and said, each one drink from it, for this is my blood sealing the covenant. It is poured out to forgive the sins of multitudes. Father, we lift up this bread before you, knowing clearly from the word that this symbolizes the body of Of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As we break this, we remind ourselves of what you went through, of the immense price you paid because you love us so much to redeem us. Oh, Lord, how blessed we are to partake in this covenant meal, the body of the Lord broken for you. Let's partake. And now, Heavenly Father, we lift up the cup. We are so blessed that we can partake of this knowing what it symbolizes. I've said this often, but folks, we are the most blessed people on the face of the planet, no doubt about it. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood as symbolized in this cup. Thank you that your blood cleanses us from all our iniquity and unrighteousness. It cleanses us. It does a total and a complete job. As we're about to partake in the cup, we just want it to be known that we receive everything that you've made available to us. Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, we take it, we receive it for our lives. Every covenant blessing, we take it and we receive it And we thank you once again for the righteousness that we have in Christ, the blood of the Lord shed for you. Our Lord, it's so beautiful to partake in communion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for life. We honor you, we honor you. Just in your own heart, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.